0: This is How Men Think with Brooks Like and Gavin DeGraw,
1: an iHeartRadio podcast.
2: Welcome to How Men Think, a podcast where we <laughs> dive inside the unique minds of good sirs like you, Mr. Gavin DeGraw. And you,
3: Brooks Like.
2: <laughs> I appreciate it. My name is Brooks Like, and with us today, flying in from Nashville. Let's let's I want to tip my cap to you, my friend. Hey, hey, for, come on. Here. I want to tip my cap to you Happy for your, to be here. Your commitment to the podcast. Gavin, if you, you guys didn't know, Thank he you. lives in Nashville and travels here to LA to record this. So uh Amy said we're gonna do it without you. And I pushed back and I said, No chance in hell we're doing a podcast without you. Thank my you for homies. your loyalty, Amy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> didn't mean to throw Amy under the bus uh-uh! like that. But uh, I know you have a lot of travel in your Thanks, life, bro. my man, and that you have tour this summer. And so I just want to say on behalf of the guys, we appreciate you traveling. Thank you, man. Here.
3: I'm so happy to be here. Are you kidding me? Don't I was like me, man. I, I was looking forward to this very much. I know. It was good to see You're you. You're some of my favorite male faces. Yes. Oh, yes. He, didn't like, say, he didn't say personalities, but no, he said true.
2: faces. But I'll take it. We yeah. have
4: faces for radio. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> also, I want to acknowledge Rick, my cat, Rick. Rick! Hey,
2: Rick. So Rick also tra- travels down to L.A. from Oakland. Each week for the show. Uh, and he's married, two kids, got a full-time job. So the commitment of these two good sirs to bring you this podcast is exceptional.
5: I mean, Oakland's Oakland, not as far so as nice, Nashville, man. so I'm still tipping it more in Gavin's favor. But
6: sure, it's nice that you can. But you still need to get on the public <laughs> bus of airline. <laughs> <Okay>. yeah.
2: <laughs> and Ryan, Ryan, let's, Ryan drove like four miles to get here, guys. <laughs> It wow. took All me by longer yourself?
4: than the flight from <laughs> Spot- <laughs> Spot- <laughs> That is very possible. So who is tipping your cab more to me now? <laughs> uh, good point.
2: And Dimitri runs
5: this place. so I, I don't know what that means, but thank you.
2: Yeah, <laughs>
4: You're welcome. I'll tell you that
2: once a day. See if we can get you a raise from Amy. Uh, no, but he, we have an interesting show here, gentlemen. Really super interesting topic today. We are answering questions from our audience. We yes. like that. We like yes. that. We like the audience. Yeah, so we have an
6: audience. First, yeah,
5: we
2: have an audience. Yeah. We, we did it, boys. Yeah.
6: To the top. All right.
5: It says, first question from Rick. That can't be right. <laughs> <laughs>
2: So just to everybody listening, we have an email address that many of you have reached out. We've received a ton of emails already, men at iHeartRadio.com is where you can send your emails, and we'll always dive into questions from listeners on this show. Uh, we have questions from that email. We also have questions that you guys have sent us on our Instagram page, at How Men Think Podcast on Instagram, and we're going to get into our first question. This is called, That's What He Said. These are our answers to questions from listeners, male and female. The first question is from Katie. She says Do men feel the same pres- pressure as women to marry and have children, especially as we get older? Who's aged in here? Looking at you, buddy.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Do men feel the same pressure I'm as women single. to marry? Uh, do men feel the same pressure? I think that men feel, feel pressure, but they don't feel the same level of, of it being the timeline that women feel. And it's, it's simply due to the way we're, we're built physically. You know, we're just, uh, I think men's timeline just in general is longer than women for giving, you know, for making a family, starting a family, right? So what age would that's you just, say I mean, that? A- that's you just, don't feel that's any just pressure. Science. <laughs> right? I can get you pregnant right now, Demetri. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I've been snipped. (laughs) So here's a question. In your mind, what what age do you think a woman starts to feel pressure to marry and have a family? And what age
3: do you think a man generally does? Just generally speaking. Ooh. Generally speaking, uh, I think think when I think uh, from all my conversations with buddies of mine, dating, etc., it sounds like late 20s is when women start really feeling it, um, talking about it, really getting serious about it. And... I think that just, that can go much, much, much longer for men in general. There's some guys who say, oh, I want to be a young dad, right? But what's considered a young dad now has gotten sort of old, you know, compared to what the old standards were.
2: Um, So what's considered a young dad now in your mind? 35?
3: Probably that's still considered a young dad, you know, which classically speaking is about 15 years older than it was a generation and a half ago.
5: And that's that's the age I was when I had my first. You were <clears> thirty five. Yeah,
3: Rick, what were you? I was thirty two.
2: Thirty two. Yep. And Ryan, thirty five. When you had your first. Mm-hmm. So I just turned thirty six, uh, and I I could still go easily another three or four years probably without kids. I still feel like I'm fifteen. Right. So, but I think uh, I would agree with you. I think for so for Katie's question. Do men feel the same pressure? I think we do feel pressure. As I got to be be 30, I was looking for more fulfillment and and purpose and happiness in my life. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I was looking for the life partner. I wasn't looking to have kids so much and still, I want to have kids. I want to have a family. I look up to you gentlemen for having families, Uh, but I don't feel the pressure right now to do it. So I would agree with you that Mm -hmm. I think men can get to almost 40 before they really feel
4: the comment that Gavin made about being an old dad, I think is an important one. So for you, do you, you know, you played hockey your whole life. You probably want to be able to play hockey with your kid. Does that ever factor into your mind where you say, if I wait 10 years, am I going to be able to Mm -hmm. actually get out on the ice and skate with him In his formative playing years in high school, or or not thinking that far,
2: that doesn't honestly that doesn't weigh on me at all because I believe I'm going to be so active in my life that even when I'm 80, 90, I'll still be active. So I don't worry about having kids now because my level of activity or physicality is going to diminish. I don't worry about that at all. I more just want to do it when I feel comfortable with my life and my wife and I are starting to start talking about kids. Like we're not talking about, do we want to have kids right now? But we're like, okay, when, when would we want to have kids? Like we should maybe open that conversation, but being able to be, I still think I'm going to be extremely active later, very late in my life. It's just how I'm wired and, would, like you mind playing, I, would you
5: mind playing hockey with my kids? Because I don't feel like I can do it. <laughs> huh? I can't really do it. So. I think you can, man. A couple yeah. lessons. I know a guy I can get I you out there, on. give you a All few right. lessons. I'll tell you this, though. When I was younger, for some reason, I always had in my head, I always knew that I wanted to have kids, and I always knew that I wanted to get married, and I didn't necessarily think – I didn't want to do it like in my early 20s or anything like that. But I guess in the back of my mind, I was always looking – I was always thinking like, I know there's going to be someone and when that time comes, Mm. that's when it'll be. And then I kind of forgot about it for a little while. And I was, it's not like I was obsessed with it, but in my mind, I knew that that's what I wanted. So when I actually, when I met my wife, um, I kind of, I kind of knew right away. We didn't, it was a weird uh, time at the, you know, when we met, so we didn't start dating right away, but I kind of knew that that was, that was it. And from then on, the rest just felt natural. And then we were married for a few years. We dated for a few years. We're married for a few years. And it, like you were saying, Brooks, it just seemed like the right time to yeah. to then have kids.
3: Oh, here's a question though. You asked me pressure, not yeah. desire, right? Yes. So I don't want to I don't want to get those two conflicted. And the, the desire has always always existed for I mean, you? you. Yeah, of course. Okay. But but pressure is a different thing. Right? Okay. So can so, I
2: can I ask you like yeah to be open and yeah, genuine yeah. and authentic? Like, do you right now? You're 40, correct? 42. 42. Yeah. Uh, do you feel pressure to start having a family now?
3: Starting to feel that, yeah. Be, just because you know you you start thinking, oh well, wh- what would a full life be like, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I and my father always talks about, oh, when I had kids, it was the greatest time of my life, and this and that. A lot of people talk about talk about that. A lot of a lot of men talk about that. It was the greatest time in my life, you know. Um, so I, I feel I feel some of that. I feel a little bit of that pressure just because I'm you know I'm. Deep into my adulthood now, you know I'm not yeah. 21. Yeah. You know,
2: Katie, that was awesome. Appreciate that question. On to Katie has one more. <laughs> so Katie, is, Katie actually nice. has two more. Uh, no, yeah, Katie, this we're gonna skip one. We're gonna go to this one. Katie really wants to know, and she typed it in here: the most important question, dick pics. <laughs> No, no thank you. <laughs> Disgust, <laughs> confess, have you sent them? Why, Gavin, do you send them oh, me? regularly? <laughs> Women are really baffled. Please clear this up. Dick pics. Raise your hand if you have sent one. I have never sent one. I've never sent one. I have never sent one. Not
3: recently. I only send them to myself. <laughs> yes, <Rick>! yes. Yes. <laughs> I only sent them to myself just <laughs> selfies in selfie mode just, to me just for like a <laughs> yeah, up. totally it just makes my hands look bigger
2: <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, man so okay so the consensus is uh
6: this group i mean i have to let me interject here i have two two parts to this i i feel like dick pics are sort of the new up and coming thing for you know, having a relationship in the new age of being online and being on Snapchat or Facebook or whatever, that's just kind of the new way of what kids who are either, you know, about to have sex. That's kind of their way of communicating. I hate to say it, but that's how I feel that they're communicating back and forth. So like they're sending a dick pic and she's sending something back or vice versa. Right. Which the second part of what I want to say was, I don't think that's really right. You know, like me being a, a responsible father, and having a 13-year-old, like the last thing I want is for him to be sending dick pics. A, because it's practically illegal. Like if you get a dick pic from, or a a pic from, of one of your friends' friends and he forwards that on, like you can't not do that. Criminal charges. It's criminal charges, right? right? So um, I think, Katie, it's an excellent question. And I think where you're going with it is just kind of the generalized thing of like, yeah, who sends dick pics? And that's kind of the fun side of it. But I think the serious side of it also is you know it what at what point is this accepted in society? and what point can what age is appropriate, I guess, really? you know, I, I also want to like, thank Katie for keeping
3: it classy. <laughs>
6: <laughs> Dressing up the show.
4: Let me ask you guys this, Have any of your significant others and it, it can be a wife or a girlfriend asked you to send one that you've just chosen not to or you've never been? Approached asking that. Sadly, no one has ever asked me for a dick pic.
2: <laughs> Dimitri, I just asked you
6: this
5: yesterday. I did not. I read that the wrong way. Wrong message. <laughs> wrong. Wrong
2: I have never would... been asked by my wife, and, and I, I've never asked my wife to send me those either. Um, I think both of us sort of have a fear that somehow our phones could get hacked well, or something. Well, that if Julian sent you a dick
4: pic, that would be that would be, like, be an issue. <laughs> that or? would really
2: be an issue.
6: Well, that's where I feel like it's. This is a newer generational way of communicating and, and having, you know, exposing yourself. Right. You know, so it's, and it's not good it's, in my mind, you know, I and have, I feel like we're past that. Just go ahead. Bro. Yeah.
2: I have, I have a buddy, one of my best friends in the world. I got out of practice one day and it was like 10 30 AM and I got out of practice, check my phone. And one of my best friends in the world sent me a text and this is all it said. I sent five dick pics before nine AM today. That's a, that was all it said. So like it happens a lot so more than
0: why don't we let Tori, she's twenty four. So this is our producer Tori. She's twenty-four, and she's gonna give you guys like the twenty-four year olds input.
1: Well, I think dick pics became a thing once um Snapchat became a thing. Because then it was like, oh, it goes away in like two seconds. So I would randomly like sometimes get things. This happened more in college. Um, you like open up a Snapchat and you're like, what am I looking at? <laughs> and then you'd be like, okay, yeah, this is for sure someone's penis. And then yeah. <laughs> and then it like goes away and you're kind of like, that was weird. And then they would kind of like side message you. And I think that kind of became a thing. And I know that in high school there were like scandalous pictures. But I think that social media has now been given this more of an opportunity for people because now you can literally send like naked photos to somebody over instagram and like dm them so i kind of feel like it's it's not i think it's i wouldn't enjoy this I, I didn't enjoy it when i've gotten it but um i think that it's way more of a thing now like you facetime and you do like but, naked yeah.
5: are things. we also missing the point that, that that's not an attractive photo we're not talking about like or, oh you think of the a picture I, of a- you like
0: yeah, I mean, like I'm just going to be bold and I hope my mom's not listening, but I, I hope think she is. that we need the numbers. in the right circumstances
5: <laughs> Everybody listen, don't tune out because Amy said don't listen to this.
0: I think in the right circumstances it can be like a turn on, and I'm just going to say that. Oh, Gavin, can I can I ask you a question? When
2: was the last dick pic you got? How long have we been? Why in are you this looking room? at your phone? I-, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I have to think on that.
3: Like recently, this month, this month.
0: So there are Two uh, What
3: what circumcisions would those be exactly? <laughs> I mean, Stanford.
0: I have. Okay, so. Uh, sorry, I got to like get some guts here. My hands are clammy. There. What about like sexting? Uh,
2: I don't well, see, that's going, a little you... different.
5: That's why I was pointing out that I think the dick pic is. It, I don't think that like. I don't. know. Because I would say have, I was, there the... was
0: sexting like a couple days ago.
5: Okay. Okay, this is dick. So Hi,
0: Can I go now? Has,
5: yeah, you
2: can go. Yeah. So I've received in my DMs a dick pic before oh. on Instagram. I've received it. It was and, from me. And, yeah.
3: <laughs> I was
4: like, Brooks, love you on the show, bro. Yeah. You, how long did it take you to zoom in?
0: <laughs> he dressed it up. a penis, he, but small. Do my hands look big in this picture? He dressed <laughs> it up
4: like a microphone.
2: Uh, but it is, it. I, like, I don't know how girls handle it because it was a startling. I saw it and I'm like, whoa. It's startling. Tori, was Tori there a shaking her head? With it? No, it was just a straight
0: up bone. Okay, so <laughs> wow. So I guess what I'm kind of going through in my mind is up indeed. oh god, I really hope my mom's not listening. But I think I would send a photo that's sort of classy-ish when the other per- when we're texting back and forth. I'm not sure. I I I had a weird like oh I hope he doesn't send it back. Cause that would be aggressive. A little. I don't. I'm having a hard time. Yeah, I don't know. I you're think. Going with this. I think a girl sending a sort of a
1: risque, titillating risque, risque. That's the word. Photo, photo
0: is easier on everybody's eyes yeah. than the guy sending the photo.
2: I think it's jarring when a guy sends. A- and
5: and that was my point. I don't think that the dick pic is an attractive thing. I mean, and if I were to ever do it, which I wouldn't, there was an episode of The King of Queens where he took a picture there at a wedding. And he put a little top hat on it and he pretended it was Abraham Lincoln. Like, I'd have to have fun with it because mm. it's not an attractive shot. Brooks, <laughs> if you want to, like, take off your shirt and send someone that photo, I think you got the right to do that. But I don't think anybody, no offense, Rick, because you said you did it. You sent a Rick pic. Oh, you know, that's 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 that's
4: good. Good.
5: I don't think it's going to be an attractive good. shot for anybody. I
0: still disagree. And I would love to hear from people on this because I think in the right circumstances, it could be quite... So I I can
2: give you one a good circumstance on that. So I like playing hockey. I had teammates that (laughs) they said that like we traveled a lot. So I had a teammate. I'm not going to mention his name, but him and his wife would send each other a lot of photos or videos um, to keep himself and them herself entertained while he was on the road. They're married, kids. I find nothing wrong with that. That's in their relationship. I find that that's uh, still connecting. Yeah, like I find that's actually amazing. Right. Like I would but,
0: never do it with like a random.
2: But but when a guy just sends out a like boom right in your face, here's a dick pic in whether a DM or a text, I think I think the guy is searching for is this gonna escalate now? If not, I'm on to the next. And it's right. also very abrasive, I think, to the woman to receive that.
0: I'm forty five and in my life I've received three from three different people. That's it. Good for you. you Thank you. Somewhere. But when you send... <laughs>
4: they call that a trifecta. When you send your photo <laughs> Tripod. Do That's you, a hat-trick. Do you include your face in the photos or only a body shot?
0: Never a face.
2: I, my buddy that I told you about? Face. All of them. I asked him that. He goes, oh yeah, Brooks, I
6: just put it up. How's he getting
5: there? his face in his own dick pic? <laughs>
2: well,
6: it must be Very bendy that.
5: friend.
0: There's a timer on the <laughs> iPhone. Oh,
6: I don't know, and that was the thing I was gonna, I wanted to say was like, there's obviously that shock effect to receiving that, but on the other side of it, and don't get me wrong, I, I don't think these, this is right, but just want to clarify that, but the shock factor must also create a little bit of intrigue behind it. No, they're shaking their heads. No, no. Tori's kind of like so what about Tori's this? just opened the window and jumped out. So what about this? But okay, so real from quick, a, oh, go on, real sorry. quick. Do you ever have you ever been texted or sexted a dick pic that's circumcised or uncircumcised, and has that drawn any?
3: Boy, we're, you're this
6: is some pretty yeah. very specific. Yeah. are
3: you
5: are you are you trying to reveal something to us here? I think we should.
6: So uh, yeah. it's a very hot question? topic of
5: conversation. Well, I whether think men or so okay, so it's maybe it's another a question, question.
0: Maybe that. Okay, as you're sort of like moving a relationship along. Or whatever, maybe that's like a way to sort of talk about some things. I don't know, I'm getting a little heady on it, but maybe you're kind of like opening oh. the door. Nice. Oh. Well done,
4: Amy. Oh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Ladies Amy. and gentlemen, <laughs> walked right into
2: Jeez.
0: that. One.
4: Next Big question,
2: Louise. bro. No, okay. Comedic
5: we're, styling of Amy Sugarman. All right, we're moving on from there. <laughs> we're we're
2: Thanks, moving Katie. on. We'll leave. Well, I, I'm sure at some point in this show that topic is going to come back around.
3: It's an yeah. important come a topic. Come back up. Yeah. I send them to him all the time. Like I said, <laughs> I only send them to him all the time.
0: I would just be so bold that if Gavin and let's just say Gavin has a girlfriend and he's on the road, like, I think that would be kind of cool.
3: I would go to um, Sears and get uh, professional pictures done (laughs) of it, uh, you know. Maybe with some items from their catalog with a little fence Some craftsman background. tools.
5: See, I'm old school. I say go to the Santa Monica Pier and have that person sketch it for you. Mm. I think that shows it's more a great
3: idea. Those, they could do a caricature version to make it more interesting. Yeah. Yeah.
5: That's right. <laughs> All right. Okay. Man. We're moving on here, guys.
2: Uh, here's a question from Damien. We're gonna switch topics here. If you could have any man on the podcast, dead or alive, who would it be and why? I actually really like this question. Thank
4: Is you. Is one Damien. of us dead? I would like a dead Brooks. <laughs> why?
6: Yeah. Jeez. Mm.
5: You're within
2: arm's reach, homie. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, he, he fights a lot. So I'd... if you could have any man on the podcast, dead or alive, who would it be and why? Rick, anybody come to mind?
6: Uh, yeah. To be honest. Have any man? Something pops into my head. Yeah. Uh, thanks for the question, Damien. I mean, to be honest with you, probably my grandfather on my dad's side, my dad's dad, you know, he, um, was in Latvia as grew up in Latvia one of the Baltic states and escaped from Latvia from the Russians during World War II and just had a crazy kind of long history of getting out of his his home country, moving to Germany during World War II, getting captured by the allies coming to America and did the whole immigration process while raising four kids. Wow. Um, And so I would love an opportunity to sit down with him and discuss with him how that was, like what he went through, what was his mindset, you know, of how do you raise four kids? I'm having a hard time with two in a regular neighborhood, you know, and to go from, you know, a country that you've completely uprooted yourself, go to another country with no money, no nothing on your back besides your family. Like I would love to sit and chat with him
5: about that. Yeah. Wow. Great answer. Dimitri. I would like to say my father who's passed, but he was... Such a great storyteller. He taught me everything um, that I know and, and hopefully that he knew and, and he was very funny. So I feel like if we were to bring him on, there would be no need for me. And so I'm gonna I'm gonna just pass pass on that for now. Um, you know, I'm gonna go I, I, I love, you know, what Rick said, but I'm gonna go a little more lighthearted and I'm gonna go with Chevy Chase because um growing up love him growing up, he was my comedic idol. And I'd, you know, watch all his movies. Fletch is one of my favorite movies of all time. Stuff yes. like that. And I'd still look at Clark
2: Griswold as the ultimate oh. family man. Yeah. <laughs> Clark is true. Yeah. Uh Ryan.
4: My father who was killed when I was six years old. Mm. Uh I would choose him and we've we've touched upon it in previous episodes. But um, yeah, there's a million questions I would want to ask him, and I'd want him to see the man I've become and the family that I've created and hopefully uh, approve of everything I've done up until now and validate everything I've done and just see. Yeah. Like I I would ask him a
3: million questions. Yeah.
4: Do you have one question you'd like to share with us that you'd really like your, your dad to answer?
2: Is he proud of me?
3: I bet he would. Wow. I bet he would be, man. Amazing.
2: That's good for you, man. You're, you're a hero for sharing that. Hmm. I bet there's a lot of people in our audience that, that resonates with that are listening to that and, I think all of us can feel it in here. I'm sort of emotional right now, and um, this leads to the next question as well. last time you cried and legit, why? (laughs) I'll let you guys think on it for the break. Coming back from break, the guys have been thinking over this hard. Gavin cried a little bit thinking about it.
3: I weep all the time. Yeah, (laughs)
2: he's a very sensitive (laughs) man. Let's lead with you, buddy. This is from Patrick728. Uh The last time you cried a
3: legit cry and why? actually my eyes watered up today i had an interview today and uh i uh i had an interview today and the person interviewing me um by the way you're supposed to be there brooks uh with me to do that interview and you left me alone is that why you cried how God, separation anxiety <laughs> <laughs> you got so scared it's true i waited. i, I, I waited by the door for you
6: you're like as would
3: you are my whoopee. Uh, so now, so I had an interview by myself because you decided not to come with me, and I was in an interview uh, with all of these strangers on the air. And one of them uh, uh, told me that uh, her mother had passed away uh, a few months ago, and uh, she knew that m- she knew my mother had passed a year and a half ago. I gave her a hug, and uh, it got kind of emotional. You know, she she got kind of emotional. And that, of course, yeah, made me emotional. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I did. I began to tear a little bit, and uh, then I got a hold of myself, and I lightened the mood with some, you know, absurdities, <laughs> because I had to get control of myself again. And it's a hard, hard thing to talk about, you know, when you lose a loved one, particularly, uh, you Come know, off. a parent. Yeah, you know, it's tough thing to, to a uh, tough thing to to get through. And uh, I had a conversation with a, a close friend of mine, um, and he had told me he had lost his mother and he said to me he said there's he said years ago a friend of his told him that uh there's you have two lives you have your life with your mother and then you have your life after your mother passes and uh it's he, he's totally right uh y- your life is completely different everything is different I mean it looks the same but it doesn't feel the same you know so it's just a different day you know every day is just just it's just the sun isn't quite as bright mm you
2: know? Can you tell us what your favorite thing about your mom was? No. No? One Too thing, many good qualities. One thing you loved about your mom. Smile, laugh. She supported you. I don't know. Just something. Uh, just
3: my mother want to honor your mom. My mother had class. You know, she had class. I feel like she had class for all of us. And so uh, she could remind you with just her demeanor to get control of yourself. mm-hmm you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Without even correcting you. Just her demeanor was enough.
2: What was your mom's name?
3: Lynn. Lynn. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, man.
2: Beautiful. Thank you. Ryan, for you, buddy, the last time you
4: cried a legit cry and why? The, the I can't... I don't cry that often. The last... I can remember the last two times I cried, and that's a l- large um, year disparity, but the oh. last time I cried... Was when the Eagles won the Super Bowl. Oh, legitimately! I, I mean that. I never oh, in my life. We, we all cried too, for for different I never see a Philadelphia champ, uh, an Eagles championship ever. <laughs> and to that end, that's why my grandfather is ninety-three years old back in Philly. I immediately after Eagles won the Super Bowl, picked up the phone, called him, and cried because I thought he was going to die before, before he, he ever got to. Wow! So, so we would talk every week on Monday morning after the Eagles game. I'd call him on the way into work. So that moment of mm. of it all happening and being able to call him and say we did it as if yeah. I were on the team and he were on the team like it was a moment I never thought I'd get to experience and he was in tears himself and he's 93 in Philly and I'm in in LA and it was an amazing moment.
2: Good for you man. Mm-hmm. Can I
4: let you know something? You are on the team. So you're mm-hmm. in true cuz as an athlete
2: the, the city embraces you as an athlete and as an athlete you're so grateful for the city and the people mm-hmm. of the city. You are on the team. Your grandfather is on the team. You were part of the win. Yeah. So we pay your salaries.
4: Yeah. yeah. True. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, Dimitri, for you. You want me to go to Rick? Go to Rick. Let's go. go. Dimitri's, I'll call crying Dimitri's crying still right Still looking for the Kleenexes. <laughs> uh, Rick, last time you cried.
6: Uh, and why? Well, so. Looks looking at Patrick's question or, or trying to you know answer it properly here. Um, thanks for the question, Patrick. In terms of crying, you know, I don't know, similar to Ryan, like, I don't know if I've had a, like a legit full out cry, you know, like I've gone, I recently in, you know, I go through life and there are little times where I get really emotional. Like I gave a speech at my brother's 50th birthday party and like Mm -hmm. I was trying to talk and all of a sudden I just kind of broke out and I don't know if it's like a nervousness cry or what the heck it is. Um, recently, I was just in Cooperstown for one of my son's baseball games and the national anthem was playing and I just started tearing up a little bit. you know it's like it's more out of pride. I feel like now than yep. it is about a, like a sadness per se. I mean, I know that will come at a certain point in my life, but a lot of it's more out of pride. like my son worked extremely hard to get to this point to get to mm. that tournament and to you know see him there with the national anthem going and you know it was just super proud moments or I'll be in a car, And I'll listen to a song and it's not Gavin DeGraw's song, but so you cry and all all, like just be so into it and emotional and like it, like I'm not crying per se, but I'll like get this weird inside feeling of just, you know, proudness. I get proudness isn't really a word, but, um, and it just, it's, I get really emotional about things, you know, like coming here and enjoying this new experience you know and like it's i take a lot of pride in what i do and what we do um and so even then it's like that the i'm um, so it's less of like a, a sadness cry yeah. it's more along the lines i get i get you know um teary eyed about certain you know things it's a very blessed life man to be able to cry out of happiness you're very lucky totally it's very fortunate yeah. yeah no
2: okay so last time honestly when ryan just opened up about his father brought tears to my eyes I thought that was super powerful. Um, And then prior to that, uh, I had a conversation with my wife probably about two to three months ago uh, about hockey and unresolved issues, still trying to move through and process being done playing hockey. Mm. Um, Had some tears there for sure. Uh, And still, I think there's still more in there that I need to, to get out uh, and then prior to that one, the last like really big time I cried was the day I was released. It was yeah. a big like. I just shut the blinds and.
4: So how did you find out that you were released? And like tell, talk us through
2: the moment. Oh, oh, okay, so this is it's kind of ironic in a lot of ways. It was Thanksgiving Day, mm-hmm. November seven, November of seventeen, and I, we had practiced in the morning playing for LA Kings. We had practiced in the morning. I was driving to the airport to catch our team flight to Phoenix, mm-hmm. where I was going to meet my parents for Thanksgiving, it was Thanksgiving, U.S. Thanksgiving. I was going to meet my parents for Thanksgiving supper at their house in Phoenix because my parents are Canadian, but they winter in Phoenix. Uh-huh. So I was going to have Thanksgiving supper with them, play the next night in Phoenix. It was going to be fantastic, little two days. And I got a phone call said, hey, Brooks, can you come back to the rink? And I knew right away because it was their general manager sure. and I knew right away. Um, walked into the office and he's like, we're going younger, we need to let you go. And I I was, he was a man, I could I can't think, Mr. Blake enough about how he dealt with me in that moment. He Mm. gave me some of the worst news potentially of my life, but he delivered it straightforward and honest and sincerely. And as a man, you can take that when it's genuine and shook his hand, said, thank you for the opportunity. And then went home and just
3: like cried. Like Mm. just, Mm. it was,
1: yes.
2: Damn, you're gonna make
3: me, you're gonna make me cry in here again. Let me, let me ask you something. Um, Did you speak with him since? Um, Have you called him since to thank him for being direct with you? Because it sounds like you appreciate the way that he went about it. I did, I, and I told him that. We had a great discussion.
2: We had a discussion before I played with the Kings about if this was to not work out, what would happen with me. So that the cards were all on the table. Yeah. So that's one thing I appreciated. Anybody right. in a management position out there listening to this... People can take good or bad news as long as you are transparent and open with them. So Mm. we talked about this from the start. He's like, we want you here. Let's try it. If it doesn't work out, we're going to have to part ways. Great, Mm -hmm. man. Let me come in, play my ass off. And at the end of the day, then I know we at least both tried. And he treated me with the utmost respect. Thankful for the Kings uh, organization and the opportunity. Sure. Yeah. But those are Ryan today, the last conversation with my wife about hockey. And then really the day I was let go, I really had a, a big emotional uh cry Mm. yeah
3: Mm. i almost cried honestly leaving the parking garage earlier today because i forgot to get validated (laughs) cost (laughs) me eight dollars and 25 (laughs) (laughs) cents and
2: he ain't got paid yet (laughs) all right we'll be back from break in a second Back from break, I just dried all my tears again from crying. (laughs) Lost the pool for who cries first in the studio. (laughs) Uh, But, Dimitri, you haven't answered yet. I'd like to ask you the last time you legit cried and why.
5: So it was this past year, and um, I'm going to say this uh, for all audiences, so I'm going to try and keep it uh, without tipping anything, but um, it was a busy time in life, and the Tooth Fairy forgot to come for my oldest daughter. Wow. And, um... And so I, she was, she was, she woke up and you, the minute, the moment I saw her, I, it dawned on me that, that, um, that she was upset and I knew why. And so I sat her down and I tried to explain to her, I was grasping at straws and I tried to explain to her that it might've been my fault oh. because, um, I think that uh, I had set the house alarm that night and maybe that scared off the tooth fairy and this and that. And as I was, uh, trying to explain this to her, she reached over and she gave me a hug and I just started bawling. I like she, now she was comforting me. And, and at that point I knew that she had figured it out, um, whatever she needed, whatever the explanation was. Um, and isn't as comforting as that was, and that it was a relief, um, that she didn't think she was just left out and this and that. Um, it, it was obviously a big step in, in a kid's life to, to move on from mm. that and have yeah. that happen. And so, it was funny because I tried to make her feel better and I broke down. Then she comforted me. And then I think it was just a little bit of relief. So what a beautiful okay, moment.
4: So does the tooth fairy come the next night and come with a bigger, better interest, like
5: wearing interest it's a 20 <laughs> instead of a 10? Uh, yeah. Well, don't forget this is the, she's the oldest of four kids. So um, it was kept under wraps. The tooth fairy did come um, and the tooth fairy will continue to come whether, um, you know, with, with, whether she expects it or not.
3: Is this the part where you tell us that she's 30? (laughs) Yeah, no, obviously. I said she was my oldest.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we're going to... I just want to say thank you, gentlemen, because that was like... You all opened up and exposed some things that are very real and authentic and near and dear to your hearts. Mm. Likewise. Um, Thank you. So Absolutely, man. Thank you for that question, Patrick728. Uh, Really appreciate that. Here's another question from Ellie. She says, I am professionally successful, nearly 30-year-old female who is still a virgin. Years ago, I made the decision as part of my faith to wait to have sex until marriage. That being said, here are my two questions. First, does it matter to you who you're dating, what your partner's sexual history is? And second, at what point in dating do you bring up your deal breakers? I'm someone that prefers to rip the band-aid off and just bring it up so I don't waste anyone's time, but... I have friends who think you need to win them over first and then drop the deal breaker bombs. So, uh back to the first question, does it matter who you are dating um with what their sexual history is?
5: I'll go. I I I've, I've always wanted to know that um somebody whoever I was going to end up with hadn't just gone and 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 done it with anybody. So, it didn't matter. It wasn't like I was like, well they, it, have to, it has to be on one, you know. Five or less or, you know, but in my, in my reality, when I thought about settling down and marrying someone and having them be the mother to my kids, I didn't want it to be such a, a flippant thought for them to be with, to have just been with a ton of people. So I never had a specific number in my head. Um, but I, it was something that I was always aware of. And if someone had come to me and said, Hey, you know, I've been with, you know, a hundred people, I probably, honestly, I would
4: probably have a problem with that. Yeah. But the flip side, I think, and what what uh, Ellie is getting at is if you are a virgin, that's then could you ever be with someone? And you spoke about it when we talked about intimacy and when Julianne was on. Intimacy for many people is such a large part of a marriage and a relationship, and can you enter into a marriage mm-hmm. without knowing if you have that sexual chemistry?
2: Could you? Are you asking me personally? I'm asking you, yeah. I Full transparency, I think for myself personally, it would be very difficult. I think a a sexual relationship to me prior to marriage would be very important and was to me uh, with my wife. Uh, And so for me, that would be very
4: difficult. And I'm only speaking for me. I'm not speaking for all men on that. What about yourself? it's it's a really tough one it's you know because i respect someone someone's faith and that this is a faith based decision and you have to you have to honor that um, i i respect that too yeah yeah no, 100% yeah. I completely you yeah um but i i would echo what you said i don't think i i don't think i could enter into a marriage and not know and then find out you know early on in the marriage that we have no sexual chemistry and and that this isn't going to work I, I don't think I could ever do that. Can you yeah. develop, like, say, say you you get married and
5: you don't have that, and I don't know the answer to this, I'm asking, and you get married and you don't feel that sexual chemistry because you haven't had that closeness yet. Do you think that's something that can develop from then and, and you can develop that sexual chemistry together? Or is it uh, right off the bat, yes or no?
4: Probably. I think more often than not, in this case, it's, a virgin would end up with another virgin who has kept his or her virginity for the exact same reasons. And, yeah. and they are going through this journey of sexual exploration together. And so there's less likelihood that that you're, you're, you really want to laugh at that. I'm not laughing at it. I'm just in my head, if I'm being honest, I think,
5: yeah, that's, it's probably not going to be great yeah. for a while yeah. if, if they're both versions. Of the- but I also
2: think that, I also think that if, if the man or the woman is a virgin and the other one is not that you can still have sexual chemistry without having sex that yeah. you could be like just lusting and desiring the person and you could know this is going to be incredible when we do and it's a faith-based decision as Ellie says so i think that yes do i think it can happen absolutely i think there can be chemistry without actual sex going
3: on no doubt about it what about the opposite
2: way what about like is it um does it matter how many partners your potential life partner has had prior to
3: you. You asking me? Sure. Um you know it it could listen. Let's be realistic. Okay? I mean, I'm no angel. And as much as men think that they're looking for one, it's a, it's a, most of the time it's it's more like a fantasy land. You know, you're looking for someone to have traits that are mostly unrealistic. Um, and part of that maintaining that infatuation with someone is them not necessarily exposing all of the worst parts of their life or phases of their life that they went through. In order for you to maintain that fantasy about them and that innocence, and that purity in your mind that they may have, um, you don't necessarily want to know everything. I don't.
1: I'm with and you. I, I, and don't I want know. to
3: permit them to have – I want to permit them to having gone through those developmental phases of their life. Um, you know, I'm certainly not looking to be somebody's educator in a relationship. Um, so you know, because that would be an incredible imbalance for me. Um, I want somebody who has been part of the world, uh, and not necessarily as uh someone who's freaking out. We're in we're in a room together um you know i mean I, I want there to be some level of understanding there and uh it can't all it's not necessarily all sexual but i i want them to have had relationships and a real life and a job and you know it's okay to have friends and enemies that's real life it's okay for them to have uh, a wild phase of their life i certainly did um and so i am uh, on this too, too yeah go ahead I to
2: echo and take further what you're saying, I believe that whatever, if this person, if you are looking at somebody as your life partner, your significant other for life, Mm -hmm. you have such a deep love and admiration Mm -hmm. and respect for that person that whatever they went through that got them to be that person, Mm -hmm. I think is necessary. 100%. You know, like uh, the man I am to my wife today Mm -hmm. is because... Of a lot of stuff that I've gone through, good or bad, prior to meeting her. And for her, the woman she is, is stuff that she's gone through that maybe was painful or maybe enjoyable or whatever at That's certain right. times of her life, but has brought her to this moment to be prepared and be this type of a human right. to be in a relationship with me. So I think there is value I think to so. that. You know, you, go sir, ahead. You want to say? Go
3: ahead. I was I was thinking, you know, I, I think that there's a little bit of a builder in every one of us, a little bit of a fixer. And I think that... I think part of appealing to that element of our psyche is looking for things that are a little bit broken. And and I, I think you're looking for something that you can help too. And, and I think you ultimately find each other in that way. You know, you're looking for someone to fill and fix certain parts of you, and you're looking to help fix certain parts of other people, only the ones that you think that you can be helpful with. You know what I mean?
5: Yeah, that's a great point and And what I was gonna say based on what you both said, but Brooks, what you just mentioned, it's funny, the second half of Ellie's question was about deal breakers. And what I was gonna say, but you actually pointed it out, pointed out the reason why. For me, I don't think that anybody can really have a deal breaker. For instance, I mentioned what I mentioned in my ideal thought. But I don't believe in in deal breakers because to what you said, I think when you meet somebody, whatever brought them to this, That's the person that you're going to, that you want to be with and you're learning. So you can go into a situation and say, listen, this is my deal breaker. I won't do, but when you meet a person, if they connect with you and there's that, there's that bond between you two, I think when you find that right person, because technically, I mean, not technically, but people say, Hey, there's one person for you. Right. And if you believe that, then there's no way you can set a criteria and say, these are my deal breakers. And this person's going to fall into that because you'll meet somebody and maybe there's something that you thought was a deal breaker, but you're like, "Wow, this made this person who they are," and and I love that person. So, hundred percent. But what I about what about you. current deal
2: deal breakers? Like, you're looking at somebody's past as like there's no deal breaker in somebody's past, but what about a current deal breaker? You know, like if this person, like for me, honestly, like I I don't think I could be with somebody who smoked cigarettes. I think for me that would be a deal breaker. Like that would be very difficult. For me,
5: I couldn't be with someone that's rude to other people.
2: Yeah. Hmm. So, how, how, so to Ellie's second question,
4: uh, she wants to know if, if you should Wendor lay out up. the deal breakers from the onset when you've yeah. just met someone and are interested, as opposed to waiting till you've won them over and now saying, oh, by the way, we're good. Uh, you, I want you to change all these things. From and a I, man's perspective, which one? Rick?
2: From, from my perspective,
6: now or I feel later? Like, I feel like you can't do either one. Like, what are you going to sit down on the first date and be like, okay, here, I can't, you can't smoke, you can't drink, you can't drive, you Some know. Some people and that, do, and it's, I, I think it's crazy. But. And I think those are the ones that are still sort of <laughs> right. alone, perhaps. Resume um, love. But I feel also that if you're going through these kind of together, like, you you, you know, you're, so as you get to it? learn that person and their experience in life, then when should she do it? She should do it as she's going through and, and understanding who that person is. And then in her own mind, she's either making up those or bringing those to the table and having the discussion with that person saying, Hey, you know what? I, I, I really love you. You're awesome. You know, all the time we spent, but I, you know, I wish, is there any way you can kind of stop smoking or, or whatever right. that may be? Okay, yeah. like,
0: I think so you're right. So, point. so a very close friend of mine has cancer. It's in essentially remission. That would be like how you could say it, but it's still there. So she debates when she's dating someone new, at what point do I tell them? And I don't feel like she needs to tell them the first date. It's like, you don't have to say, hi, nice to meet you. By the way, I have cancer and it could come back. But as it gets more serious, then I do think she does need to tell them.
2: Putting myself in that, in those shoes, if I was a gentleman on that date with her, I think you're right, Amy, because I think if it was told to me on the first date, I might be a little startled and jarred by it. But as I got to know this person, maybe on a second date or a third date, that that might soften a little because I know her personality and have developed somewhat of a compassion as a human for her. not Not with her situation, but just as a human. And then it would be like, okay, can you tell me more? that it wouldn't be. So I I think, I I I totally
6: agree with you, Brooks. Yeah, Yeah, no, that's a great point. I mean, I I think you need to learn getting the information up front could be a bit startling or, or, you know, whatever you want to call it startling, but like, and then you're not looking at the cancer, you're looking at that person, you know, and you you want to know who that person is. Is she or he great to go on walks with, or do they like to go out to dinners or whatever, you know, like you're not, Trying to date the person that has cancer, I feel like. You're trying to figure out who that person is yeah. and, then, and then understand what where to go with it
2: after yeah. that. Well said. Okay, another one from Mary Beth. I'm excited for this one. I'm going to direct this one to Mr. Gavin DeGraw.
3: <laughs> <Here we laughs> Terrible <go>. idea.
2: <laughs> what constitutes high maintenance with regards to women?
3: Putting on your makeup on your way to the gym.
2: Ooh, oh. wow. Wow. Okay. Anything else? What else? I feel like there's more there. What else you got? What constitutes high maintenance? There's a lot of versions of
3: high maintenance.
2: So give them to us. Um
1: ooh.
3: Okay, here's a difficult one. you ever go shopping with your girl? Yeah. Not just take her shopping, but like not just take her shopping, but like, you know, shopping. Uh shopping, shopping. Go to you know law. like where they're trying on clothes and and you're you're sitting in the women's department. Just looking like a weirdo. <laughs> like, walking around, picking out. They're asking you, "How's this look? And you're like, oh, man, come on. Can't you just, like, can't you just do that at the house? Do I got to sit around here. I'm the guy sitting outside the dressing room of the girls. You know what I mean? And then to make yourself busy, you go walking around the women's clothes. And now they're like, oh, man, Gavin DeGraw is trying on some women's clothes now. You Sorry. know?
0: So yeah, where are you no. going with this? it still the high maintenance. Maybe, <laughs> she's high maintenance cuz she's trying <laughs> I'm just months. saying
3: how it affects me. Yeah. You know, because they're they're asking you to be there be there present be not to be there present. To be present during certain things that you don't necessarily you shouldn't be privy to that process. Okay. In my opinion, and that's a high maintenance thing in my opinion to expect the guy to sit outside the dressing room mm. When she's trying uh, on clothes, it's okay. super uncomfortable. Right, I don't even yeah. get it
0: because to do do that. why super would a girl want to try on clothes in front of their guy? Like the whole point is we want to try it on, get it, and then surprise you with it later. Like it doesn't even make sense. Yeah, like yeah
2: I, don't know. I don't know. Danielle's like, no, Danielle, been producer been Danielle, no, I, can you? So you're you, you high see maintenance, is that right? with
3: us. Go ahead, get in there. Let's have it.
1: Sure, I'm high maintenance if that's what you're defining Aha! it as. But no, I want my husband look, you know seeing me try on clothes so i know it's what he likes yeah
6: there you go i totally agree with you i think it's i I mean 100 percent. i think to some degree that process is tough well gavin in most stores they have a little seating lounge area that you can go and kind of hang out and sit on your phone and it seems to be somewhat close to the changing room or or the, the try on room but i do like it like I'm not going to go, I like going shopping with my wife. I'm not going to go and pick out clothes that I want her to try on or wear. Like, I think that's creepy and high maintenance. Yes. But I do think there is some level that Danielle's talking about. Like when you come out of the dressing room and, and less so on Amy, like it's not a surprise where you're going to go put it on later. Like I got these black jeans, you know, it's more of like, Hey, do you, like you're having that, it's almost like, a. You're at a restaurant, you're having dinner. Like, do you like the scallops? You know, it's like, "Hey, do you like the black jeans? Do you like these jeans on me?" And you're like, you're sitting there and you're like, "Hey, well, yeah, I, they look great. Look how okay. fancy you guys are.
5: You guys still have time to go to the mall? <laughs> we have clothes shipped <laughs> in. Like whatever it is, delivered. Yeah. She tries it on there, or I try it on. What do you think of this? And if not, it goes back in the box. I like that. Yeah. Yes. Who's got this? That time I to could go do. Okay.
2: Store. I agree with you. So that that's I could so, do. So, but that's it's the, whole, the store, that goes man. Back to kind well, of that's like
5: not the person then we're, we're trying to stay on topic of what's high maintenance for a woman okay what high maintenance for me is someone that has a some sort of like a deal breaker as to what they will or will not do hey we're going to this party oh i'm not going there because it's so far away hey we're going to this party is so and so going to be there someone that, that is like i'm not going to do something because of one thing it's like to that's me that's super high maintenance i agree like, i'm yeah. not going to go there because it's you know it's too far away whatever it is and it's like for me, you gotta be, I think you gotta be flexible and you gotta be like, listen, let's go check it out. If it's not good, we leave. But when you're like, I won't do something because of this, I think that's high maintenance. Ryan, I
4: agree.
2: That's yeah, high I, maintenance, too.
4: I think it's like when the list of things that they need to do something to dimitri's point or to make them happy becomes so cumbersome and becomes a chore for me to have to run through this checklist of things to make them happy is high maintenance. Like that's the most concise way I could put it. Yeah. Which is funny, because I feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like you're probably more high-maintenance than your wife. I have been dubbed the metrosexual high-maintenance guy on this podcast. <laughs> it's like it's very off- Dubbed or earned. Not by accident. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, I guess I'm high-maintenance because yeah. I wear deodorant.
5: You're the only one that was comfortable during the photo shoot when we had to do individual photos. Everyone else was uncomfortable. Oh, I don't want to do this. You got up there like it was GQ. Yeah. That was glams, man. You still you're on I, the
3: gram here, I know, that, I know that he's not high-maintenance because- we met up in London and we were walking around London. We met up, we had lunch, and he didn't say, I'm going to hop a car back to the hotel. I'm not going to get a ride. I'm not going to get an Uber. He walked. How many miles did you was, walk back? It was
4: six miles.
3: Good six for you. Six miles. walked with
4: me through the park. I did. We talked live. In did. fairness, he texted
5: we did. me beforehand. But he, and he walked. Said, what are and- Gavin's deal breakers? And I said, He likes people who walk. And so he was like, That's it, I'm walking.
3: That's it. I'm high maintenance, um, too. Okay,
2: I'm going to give you mine. Uh, high maintenance for me is somebody that points out something that they don't like, but will not do something about it.
3: It's mm. so like,
2: oh, I don't, oh, that is so dirty or something. Clean the damn thing. Or like, oh, this is that is so bad. Well, do something about it. And then if they don't, so somebody that is pointing out noticeably, bringing attention to something that they do not like, bringing it to your attention, but yes. is not willing to do something about that. To me, that is a very high maintenance. And would
6: you categorize that? Sorry, Gavin. Like as, as asking questions of like, Hey, so how are we going to get there? And what what table are we going to sit at? And what do you want to do afterwards? And, uh, for high maintenance? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Go with you. The reason I bring it up up is I have, I have friends like guy friends that are, we go fishing with and they're like, Hey, well, what fight are we on? And then what time is the car going to come pick us up? Yeah. And then what time Tell are we going to get on chill. that other flight? And then what time are we going to fish? And what's for breakfast? And you're like, dude, chill. take a seat, bro. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, I get you. I <laughs> love chill. it. So You're not coming next time.
3: So getting back to what you said, Brooks, you said when people point out something that they don't like, but won't do anything about it. Yes, sir. What if it was like, I don't like the color of that house. Well, are they going to go paint that house? <laughs> Paint some random dude's house. <laughs> like, some, some guy just painting somebody else's house. Like, what the hell are you doing? I don't okay. like the color We're of that house. So I had to do something about it. Okay. Okay,
2: here we go. From K. <laughs> go ahead. What are your real thoughts on strip clubs? My fiance is going on his bachelor party in a few weeks, and I told him I really don't feel comfortable. Am I being crazy? How would you feel if your fiance asked you not to go
6: to the strip club? Rick. I have a question for Kay. Are we talking about female strip clubs or male strip clubs? No, good Let, question. Let's assume she's talking about, Hello.
2: you're her fiance, You're your bachelor party's in a female couple of weeks, and you're going to go to clubs. a female
6: strip club. Okay. Um, that's a great question. I, to be honest, I don't know if I would even bring it up with him because at that point, I look at that as that's something that Kay needs to deal with. He's going to go regardless or not. If she says it a thousand times or one time, hey, honey, don't go to the strip club. He's going to go if he's with his buddies or he's going to say, hey, yeah, you know what, guys, we're going to go do another activity instead of that. Or that's what he's doing. I feel like it's more of Kay's issue. She needs to say it and then she needs to kind of not get over it, but just understand that he can do the same thing if he flies down to Los Angeles or goes to an not a strip club. He can go to a hotel bar and, and get in more trouble at a hotel bar than he can at a strip club. Let's be honest. So I feel like Kay needs to understand that what she says may not necessarily it's affect him. It's about how she feels about it.
5: Well, to that point, there's there's different types of people that go to strip clubs. Yeah, And you think if she's engaged to him, then she should know what type of person he is. Listen, I've been to strip clubs because, and I don't go, I don't go by myself, but I've gone like bachelor parties like this. And it's like, I find it more comical to go and watch it and have a good time with the guys or whatever. And, it, and it's less about the show. And for, while I'm on these bachelor parties, there are guys that disappear for 30 minutes to a private room and get a private lap dance or whatever. And to me, that's where you're, that's where the difference is here. If Kay's fiance is going there because he's one of the guys and this is what the guys are doing for the thing, yeah. then let him, you know, if she's, if she's engaged to him, she's got to have some level of trust with him and she should say, listen, I don't mind you going, but you know, I'd really like it if you didn't partake in that thing because hey, whatever, it's demeaning to women. I think it's gross. Whatever her reasoning is. Yeah. I think she can share that, but I think to stop him from, from, you know, going because it sounds, if, if that's the point, then
4: it's more of a trust issue. I think that's exactly right. It ha- it comes down to do you, does K, K, do you trust your fiance? And if you have a trust, then you, it, it becomes off putting. If you, f- if your fiance feels like you are trying to control him and, and so long as you trust him and you believe he's going to make the right decisions, it's, and I've been in the situation before where I have my buddies and we'll go to Vegas and we'll go to a strip club and all the guys get together. And, and there's three guys who are like, look, our wives all talk. So, we went to the pool today. Then we went to Top Golf, and then we went to Cirque du Soleil. Okay, are we all clear? If anybody talks, that was what we did. I that stresses me out because I do not want to lie to my wife. I'd rather just be completely honest because when when I begin lying about that, it is as if I did something wrong. And if I can just be open and honest and say like, "Yeah, we went to the strip club and we were there for an hour and a half, and it was what it was. Nothing happened. Nobody did anything stupid." Why do I have to hide that? And my friends lose their mind at that. Gavin is looking at me like, "Go ahead, Gavin. What you got,
3: man?" I'm just saying. I only go for the delicious buffets. <laughs> All you need. What can eat cuisine? Buffet. Uh, no, seven ninety nine. <laughs> I mean, I. I mean, I've been. I've been to those places, man, and I. I typically don't really enjoy myself. Uh, strip clubs are. I get it for. A, it's a bit of a hoot you know, if you go with your boys and whatever, and typically a few minutes in you're like cool we just did that let's let's roll but there's always like (laughs) there's always the the other stuff going on where you got to pull your boy out like right let's go can we (laughs) go now you know and there's always like you know some shipper named Lexus or whatever who's just like getting too close you know so uh yeah I just I, I don't I don't really love ship clubs um they're not my favorite um And although I did go one time uh, and we had my brother's dog with us and he's a little French bulldog. And of course, you know, (laughs) (laughs) our buddy put, put tip money in his collar and he'd walk up, you know, the colonel would jog up on stage and, you know, the girl's like, oh, he's so cute, you know, and that was pretty funny bringing the dog. Now that, that was a, that was the highlight of that whole element though. That was the top for me. My, my, um, my- but I'm not a real fan of the environment, typically speaking, because it seems in general, there, it, there's so in general, there's a, such a desperate sensation when you walk into the place, oh, you know, yes. and it's a bit overwhelming. And uh, it, it's just like it's just gross. So it, it's just too too heavy, the desperation in the air in a lot of that in a lot of those places. I do get it for. 15 minutes with your boys because it's mm-hmm. more like eh, it's nutty, it's crazy in here, look at this scene. But then it's sort of like alright, cool, I'm, can we get out of here now? I, I agree You know what I mean?
5: That. And my, the best time I ever had in a strip club was that type of situation. I went in and I just, you know, I laughed whatever. Yeah. It was for the, the guy that was getting married and whatnot. Yeah. But at the table next to me, or next to us was, it was like a cocktail setting and yeah. the guy had ordered, he was by himself, he ordered this expensive bottle of scotch and then he proceeded to pass out at the table. Uh, So we just kept filling our glasses with his expensive bottle of scotch. (laughs) And it was the best time ever. So basically you uh, robbed that that guy. Well, we we did ask the waitress and she was like, he comes in here all the time, he has so much money, whatever. So she basically gave us the green light. So we had a couple of nice glasses of scotch and got out of there. Okay,
2: so let's go back to Kay's final part of her question. How would you feel if your fiance or wife, gentlemen, asked you not to go real quick. How would you feel, Rick, if your wife asked you not to go on your buddies or your bachelor party? I would
6: take her, her point And, and then, you know, obviously have that in the back of my mind. But again, I, I, I feel like it's more about Kay and less about the guy, her right. fiance.
5: Dimitri. Yeah. I would, I would, I would be disappointed because I would feel like she thought something could go wrong. Yeah. Ryan.
6: Yeah. Same thing. I would
2: say, I agree. I would say I, I hear you. I, I, I understand you don't want me to go, but I would still feel like I make my own decision whether I choose to or not, but um,
4: I would listen to her and then make my own decision. Let me ask you, so you on the road for hockey, was that a common thing and how often was that happening?
2: Actually, probably more uncommon than people actually realize. In my entire life, I've maybe been in six strip clubs, like very little. I really don't enjoy the experience that much. $18 $18 drinks. First time I was ever in one was in New York. I was 20 years old and I was making, prior to this, I had just got my first professional pay- paycheck. Prior to that, I was making eight, 89 bucks every two weeks. Oof. And my buddy and I went into this strip club and we sat down and ordered two drinks from this waitress and it was like $52. And I was like, what am I doing here? <laughs> like, what am I doing Horrible. here? So, uh, But that being said, I want to make my own decisions whether I go or not. Um, but I would listen to what my wife had to say, but I wouldn't, if she told me not to go, that would probably cause an issue.
3: I'll tell you, we should tell her if she ever says not to go say, but Gavin's dancing tonight. Mm.
2: Then she said, go. And And he's bringing a French bulldog. (laughs) Totally. Last question of the day is from Veronica. What makes a girl one of the guys? Can I lead with this? Can I answer this one? Don't try and be one of the guys. I don't, I do not I do not want my wife to be one of the guys. I spent my life in a locker room full of 23 <laughs> dudes. I was not looking for another dude in my life. So I love that my wife knows nothing about sports and that when I went home from the rink, that it was completely different. My advice, do not try and be one of the guys.
6: Can I interject real quick? If, if your fiance, wife, girlfriend, whatever at the time is like, hey, I know you're going to a bachelor party. It's totally cool to go to a strip club. I don't care. Like to me, I would say that's awesome. Like then I don't have to have that stress of her saying yeah. don't go to the strip club to kind of go back to a, a, another question that we were answering. Like to me, that's kind of being one of the dudes of like, mm. Hey, yeah, I trust you. I know it's more of a trust thing, but like go ahead. Okay. Like I'd be like, Cool.
2: Okay.
3: Gentlemen. Do you think a girl hey, can man. You, do you think a girl should be one of the guys? Uh not if she or wants, not fun. not if she wants to date me. I mean, that's not what I'm into, you know. So, um, I do understand tomboy element, you know, tomboy type girls. You know, I have hung out with tomboy type girls in the past, depending. Um, but I wouldn't say one of the guys, you know what I mean. But there are some girls who I know who are cool, like some bartender people and and that world, you know what I mean, who are just kind of like they've they've just been around the dating scene so much that interacting with a man is no different than interacting with a woman because they just do so much socializing from behind the bar you know when you go into into some kind of joint and there's this this girl behind the bar like hey what's up man what can i get you blah 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 and they're just shooting it like that you know what i mean and so i do understand kind of that approach to when a girl is one of the guys and when you meet women like that i kind of See a girl being kind of like one of the guys because they're not seeing any gender there. There's no boy-girl interaction. It's just that's that. exactly right. The you know what I'm is, saying?
4: Can you be one of the guys but have a sexual are you attraction, or, or or are you I'm automatically not, as one, being one of the guys in the friend zone?
3: Friends, zone. you can be one of the guys in the friend zone. Like for me personally, as a guy, I'm not. You know, I'm not looking for. I'm not looking for the big league chewing. Uh, you know, you know, you know what I'm saying? I'm not looking for like a, a woman who dips and spits. And um, that's just for me personally. You know, yeah, I, you
4: said it a few weeks ago when we were talking about, do you find um, face hair on women attractive or unattractive? And you said, I want the opposite yeah, of me. My ideal woman is the opposite of. 100%. complete opposite of me. So, yeah. what about what 100%. Paul
0: asked? It's sort of a follow-up to this. Can you give your opinion on women who have male best friends and the predicament that this puts them in when they start a new relationship, and vice versa? I think Rick kind of started to touch on it, maybe, but yeah. So,
2: I don't think that's an issue.
0: I don't either, but some people yeah. do. These guys might, or or their significant other can feel threatened when a man has a very close relationship with a woman. Man, I you know.
3: But how, sorry I'm chiming but I know I'm chiming in but you know I, I've got really really close girlfriends they' they're just cool they just they're buddies' ears you know and uh I used to think that there couldn't ever be possibly any element of a man being just friends with a woman I used to think that and I don't think that any longer I really think that there is a a there is a place that exists whatever that space is in the universe where a guy and a girl could be great friends and lit- literally have zero sexual energy absolutely none cuz i have that with with girlfriends of mine it's just they're just really good friends of mine I, you know I what have i mean that too. i that's that's something i've yeah. loved about moving to yeah. la
2: is that's now present in my life that's something i've yeah. loved about being married is that my friendships with girls have blossomed yeah. and i love yeah. i have friends female friends that i absolutely love as friends and cannot wait to hang out with. So this, uh, who is the person that asked this? Paul asked this question. Mm. Does she have a guy friend? They might just be fantastic friends. Now you can be, you can be friends and be respectful still to your significant other.
5: Now, here's a question. Mm. I agree with that. You can, you can be friends with someone that have no sexual chemistry or no interest, whatever. Mm. Now, does it become a problem? Uh, Let's say would Brooks, would your wife, would Julian have a problem if you were really close friends with a girl and you kind of got advice from her or you got, you know, well, if it came down to, well, she's my best friend and, you know, she, she thinks this looks good. And Julian's mm-hmm. like, oh, I don't like, is there a problem? Sex aside, is it more like, could it be an issue if you're getting advice from somebody or you turn to a, a best friend who's a girl to get advice or for whatever, whatever it may be, would that, would that get Julian upset In relation to my wife,
2: like about something going on between my wife and I?
5: No, no, no. Well, I mean, I guess there's that too. If you have a best friend, that's who you talk to about stuff. And I know it's tough because your wife, I assume, is your best friend. But if you have a really close friend that's the the opposite sex, does it become an issue if you start... Like, would the other person get jealous if if you started going to them or relying on them or they were the ones that you just kind of called and went to grab a drink with?
2: To be honest, I I can't even... I don't know, I don't I honestly can't answer it, Dimitri. I I don't know. It's I'm trying to put myself in that headspace, but I'm not. I it's, it hasn't happened in my life. Um so I I really can't answer your question. So Anybody maybe else? somebody else could answer Brian? it better.
4: Yeah, no, so so with Gavin, the story that you were just setting up, do you think that there are times when the females that you describe having a perfectly platonic relationship with that you believe it's a mutual thing, but were you to express that you wanted it to be more, that they that they've been holding it back because they're fearful that you know that you just view them as a platonic f- friend, and that
3: I mean, are you asking if that's a possibility?
4: Yeah, like because I think sometimes both sides, th- the other side, wishes that it was more, but they're terrified at ever voicing that because sure. it would ruin okay. such an amazing friendship.
3: I mean that's valid that's a, that's a possibility somewhere in there but it's um I mean it's certainly nothing that I would it's nothing that I would say is dominating the the relationship you know I mean I'm perfectly capable of having a friend and I think the people that I'm friends with of the opposite sex are perfectly capable of just having a friend and would rather maintain that stable platonic relationship than risk any discomfort and and uh cross over that line because the friendships are so strong. And um you know for me personally I'd rather have those franchi- friendships because they take years to develop. Great point. The, those friendships and they're worth that it's such an investment of your time and uh, emotionally that you wouldn't ever want to even I personally wouldn't ever want to even put that at risk. You know.
2: Very well said my friend. Thank you man. On that we'll leave it at that. Uh, We always look forward to your guys' questions. So we're here to serve you guys, answer anything we can. So like we said on the top of the show, you can reach us at men at iheartradio.com with your questions. And then also on Instagram, at HowMenThinkPodcast. You can send us a DM there. We respond to everything there. So keep the questions coming. It helps us. We love having these high-level conversations. Also, some of the light-hearted conversations. <laughs> yes, uh, those are good, too. They're not help fun but mix too. it in. Yeah, so we appreciate you guys. Thank you for listening. Till next time, take care of one another, love one another, and we'll see you back here next week. Well done. Hey guys, it's Brooks. And one last thing before you take off, we want to know your thoughts, feedback, insights, and questions for us on this show. Send us an email at men at iheartradio.com and follow along with us on Instagram at HowMenThinkPodcast. And we'll see you back right here next week for the next episode.